0: Hackensack Meridian Children's Health is comprised of two nationally ranked children's hospitals by U.S. News & World Report and are number one in New Jersey. K. Hovnanian Children's Hospital in Neptune and Joseph M. Sanzari Children's Hospital in Hackensack, as well as pediatric inpatient and outpatient services at JFK University Medical Center in Edison. With access to expert pediatricians and over 200 pediatric specialists across the state, Hackensack Meridian Children's Health prides itself on offering specialized pediatric medical care and surgical expertise. To learn more about Hackensack Meridian Children's Health, visit hackensackmeridianhealth.org/kids. Hi, my name is Kate Santangelo. Welcome to the Monmouth Moms Podcast, part of the Monmouth Moms Network. Listen in as we bring awareness to the best local resources for growing families in Monmouth County, New Jersey, chat with local moms and mompreneurs, highlight our favorite resources, local spots, restaurants, and more. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Mom with Moms podcast. It's been a minute since um, we've been here, or I've been here, at Bellworks in Holmdahl. We are in the thick of summer. I feel like we kind of just started summer because the weather has been, like, the. I mean, I'm sure that there's been a summer like this in my lifetime, but I don't recall one um, in quite a while. The weather's been very weird. So I'm like hanging on, I'm a summer person and Mm -hmm. like hanging on to summer and Trying to enjoy all the stuff with your kids, but also like you know, then having to entertain them and the complaints and the constant snacks. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, but all that comes with it. So really enjoying um, this time and planning ahead for the fall. I can't believe this year is just like oh. flying. I say that every you know, like every time I probably get on this podcast, but the time just <laughs> flies on by. So we are in July at the end of July and. um you know, hoping to really enjoy all that's left of August before back to school, right? Um, so today we are continuing our uh, family healthcare series with Hackensack Meridian Children's Health. Our guests today are Dr. Nicole Marcantuno. She's the Chief of Pediatric Physiatry at Jersey Shore Medical. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. And we also have Dr. Felicia Glixman. She is a pediatric neurologist and also the Director of the Concussion Center at hackensack Meridian Health. So thank you so much for joining.
1: Thanks for having us. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank
0: you. you. Um, we are discussing all things concussions today, which is, kind of specific um, but your mm-hmm. world that you live in every single day and super important topic Um, we were just chatting a little bit before we we uh, hit the record button now and I have like virtu- which I guess is a good thing virtually no experience with concussions. I've not had one. I My kids, to a date, knock on mm-hmm. wood. Sorry, Connor. Knock <laughs> um, um, on wood have not been concussed. Um, my husband, on, on the other hand, has had several concussions, but before I met him, because he played perfect um, professional baseball and was just a rambunctious child from what I hear. So um, he is, I say to him all the time, you've been hitting the head a lot. Um, So I'm excited to explore, um, or interested to explore all things concussion today and really get some valuable information out there to moms who are, um, you know, maybe had experience with it or, you know, wouldn't know what to do when they are faced with their um, child being, uh, having a head injury, right? Mm -hmm. So um, with that said, what are some of what are some of the symptoms that you will find, and and are the symptoms different in different age groups when you are um, when you think that your child has suffered a concussion? Yeah,
2: so even before we I think break it down into different age groups, it's important to understand that every individual um, and every time they have a concussion, the symptoms can actually look a lot different. So. The symptoms are not always the same. Okay, Um, I would say the most common symptom and the one that people tend to know about the most is headaches. That's the most common thing we see, sometimes exactly at the time you get hit in the head and sometimes slightly delayed um, after that. Some of the other uh, symptoms that we see that are common, dizziness, nausea, feeling confused, being off balance. Some of the initial symptoms can often include or can sometimes include, I should say, loss of consciousness, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's briefly or for several minutes on the field. But I think a big thing that's important to note that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we didn't always pay attention to is that loss of consciousness or passing out is not a necessary thing that needs to happen in order to have a concussion.
0: OK,
1: I actually get that a lot when I see patients as well. I didn't have a concussion. I didn't pass out. Oh, and so okay. I wouldn't even
0: know to say that. Yeah. Okay.
1: And so um, exactly, you know, to, to drive the point home is that you don't have to have right. that loss of consciousness okay. there. But you may be feeling foggy or have a change mm-hmm. in ability to pay attention or lack of concentration mm-hmm. and sometimes even memory issues that could
0: um, also happen. With a concussion. Interesting. So, what exactly happens to your head when you suffer a concussion? So, or your brain. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, basically, a concussion is the symptoms that result after your brain gets jarred within your skull. Okay. So, whether it be an actual mm-hmm. direct hit to the head, or it could also be a transmitted force from elsewhere on your body that can cause your head to, uh, your brain to. Be jarred within your skull,
0: like in a car accident or something. Or in a car
1: accident, okay. or if you, you know, fall down and you land on your bottom, mm-hmm. that force can transmit upwards as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, those are, you know, some other
0: examples that, that can happen. Are there different types of concussions, or just different levels of severity? Very good question.
2: Yeah. So. Sort of the important thing to note here is that a concussion is a brain injury. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to say, "Oh, I just got my bell rung," but the important thing is, it's not a transient event that happens. It is a real injury to the brain. So that's why we take it so seriously at this point um, in time. So anything can kind of happen to cause that concussion, as Dr. Glixman alluded to. Right. Um and everyone will kind of look different. So going back Mm -hmm. actually to one of your earlier questions about do the different age groups look different? Certainly when children are verbal, um, and especially the later school-aged kids, they can tell us exactly what they're feeling and what's going on, but even a baby can have a concussion, a toddler can have a concussion, and they don't have the words to explain to us what's going on or how they're feeling. So some things that you may not see in older children and adults, but see in the younger ones is loss of appetite, um, being extra clingy or irritable, their sleep patterns changing. Um, So it's important to pay attention to those
0: things. What are some ways that babies i mean i'd assume the car accident has come up a couple times mm-hmm. but what are some other ways that babies will be have get a concussion just like whacking their head on something or
2: oftentimes falling okay so sometimes falling off of things you know falling off the changing table mm-hmm. or being placed on a bed or a couch right and a, a an adult walks away briefly or turns around quickly to get a wipe or a diaper um unfortunately we've seen Parents or other caregivers fall while holding a child, wow. falling downstairs. <gasps> um, so those are the ways that we tend to see. That makes sense. Okay. And also,
1: as we were talking about a little earlier, too, is those that rambunctious toddler who likes to <laughs> jump off of the couch or make believe they're Superman. <laughs> yeah. You know, definitely those those instances can, mm-hmm.
0: you know, cause things, too. OK. So while we're on that topic, you know, you have um, my son was very much that, you know, that toddler and he was, you know, always jumping and, um, you know, w- you have a kid who jumps off the couch right in and gets a big welt on their head. What? I know when the schools call, right? Like most like <laughs> most schools, it's like once a week with my daughter. Um, Grace is fine. She hit her head. We put some ice on it. Da, da, da. I don't see any swelling or whatever. Okay, good. Um, so I think the schools have to call, right, if it's like above the neck. Um, but like, you know, as a parent, you kind of have that sometimes that like that... With, you know that within you that you know whether or not it's like serious, mm-hmm. but um, but do you like are, you know if you see like a little swelling or like a bump on the kid's head, are you always supposed to like you know get them checked out and kind of what what's like the what's the guideline there in terms of like you know getting them checked out to make sure it's not a concussion? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, first of all, no one's going to fault any parent from mm-hmm. scooping their kid up and bringing them to somewhere to be seen, whether it be to the pediatrician urgent care, ER, no one's going to fault you for doing that. Right. If like you're saying, should I should I do it? Should I not? Always pick up the phone. You can always call your pediatrician. They'll talk you through what's going on, how does baby look, how did it happen, mm-hmm. um, and what to look out for in the next few minutes, in the next few hours, um, and can help kind of guide in terms of if the baby or your child should be evaluated.
2: Okay. Yeah. I think one of the big things to look out for is any changes in your child okay. after they bump their head. So all of a sudden, they're more sleepy than you expect them to be. They're irritable. They're clingy. They are don't want to eat, they're nauseous, of course, if they're vomiting or complaining of a bad headache, but they're complaining of blurry vision, mm-hmm. those would all be signs that you have a concussion on okay. your
0: hands. Um, so they are ex- um, have some of those symptoms and they do go get um, to get checked out. What? can a parent expect if um, if they do in fact have a concussion? What does the treatment look like? Is there a treatment? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question as well. Yeah. well
1: great questions today. Um, really, everybody's very individualized. I tell mm-hmm. my patients that it's an art and not you know, the the next patient who's waiting outside with a concussion may have different symptoms as well as a different time length of symptoms and then different treatment. But typically, you know, it's based on the symptoms that you're having. Mm -hmm. I also have to take into consideration the time of year. So if they're in school, how is school going to be affected? Do they need special accommodations, um, you know, no homework or no testing for a few days? Um, As opposed to the summer, they don't have to really worry about that. And then, you know, maybe, you know, taking into consideration, oh, they go to camp. Well, what kind of camp? It's a horseback riding camp versus Mm -hmm. just the rec camp. So all those things have to be taken into consideration when you make this treatment plan. Okay. So if someone does have headaches, um, you know, we may recommend some, you know, course of like over-the-counter Tylenol mm-hmm. or Advil at some point or if they are nauseous and they can't eat maybe some anti-nausea medicine mm-hmm. um, but also you know they may have neck pain they may have some other balance issues so then we may recommend physical therapy or something mm-hmm. that we call vestibular therapy which could help with balance
2: so everybody's an art. Okay. <laughs> I would say, I think a uh, way that I explain it to parents when they're bringing their children into clinic, which I think makes sense for most people is Though a concussion is a brain injury, there is no associated you know, bleeding or swelling that's going on there. It's more of a functional injury. So it's almost as if the wires of your brain computer short circuit. So there's difficulty sending those electrical signals back and forth. And that's what leads to those symptoms of concussion. And then the brain also temporarily loses some of that energy that it has, and it can't remake it. So the first 24 hours, maybe 48 hours, we're saying, let's let the brain rest. Let's cut back on screens and electronics. Let's stay out of school if you're still having those symptoms. Oh, and then we want to gradually reintroduce those activities. As Dr. Glixman was saying, what types of things or accommodations do we need to put forth in school so that the child can continue to be successful in their learning while still maximizing their recovery from that concussion injury
0: as well? So when they are first concussed, um, I was, I, I don't know why I thought this. this is like a misconception or some type of myth, but you are not supposed to go, let um, stay awake, right? Don't let them go to sleep. That's like what I remember being told when I was little, like, don't, if they're concussion, you're not supposed to sleep. And I remember being so nervous to ever get a concussion because I'm like, I would, how would I, what if I accidentally fall asleep? <laughs> so that's not true. Right. So... I
1: also take into consideration again. It's that art of what time did this occur? If the family is bringing this mm-hmm. child into the ER at ten o'clock at night, it's bedtime, right? And so, um, as opposed to earlier in the day, and again, asking about the symptoms, like is are they overly drowsy? Is that for us a red flag that something else is going on? Okay. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, and most of the instances, is that you know, as Dr. Marquez uh, uh, was referring to, is that every, it, it's a brain reboot mode. Mm-hmm. And so you're gonna have to rest. You know, we there, there's there's an energy supply that is required and all these electrolytes and everything decrease. And so mm-hmm. we have to reboot everything. So sleep is okay. If you feel the need to go in and check on your child, I, I usually recommend not completely waking them up and asking them, what day is it? What's your name? Just rouse them a little bit. And if they react, okay, mm-hmm. Then you you mm-hmm. can go back to sleep. And, you know, everybody else can go back to sleep. You don't need to be awake and staring over your child. Okay. Again, if there's any questions, you could always ask your pediatrician for advice of what mm-hmm. to do, um, you know, if, if you don't know what to do. Got it.
2: Yeah, I would say um there are certain things that we watch out for. So certain times that you would not want your child to just go right to sleep, but you would want them to get checked out very quickly um would be, you know, their headache is getting progressively worse and along with it they're getting progressively more confused, disoriented, if they're continuing to vomit multiple times, Mm -hmm. you know, more than two, three times. And that's persisting. Certainly if their speech is slurred, um, they're not walking, they're not moving one part of their body as well. Those would be reasons that you definitely would want to bring them in to get evaluated instead of letting them go right to sleep, even if it is 10 p.m. at night.
0: So let's backtrack a little bit. If I don't we don't obviously want to scare anyone, but also, you know, we wanted to make sure that moms are aware that, Mm -hmm. you know, kids head injuries can be, um, you know, detrimental to their health and. Um, I always like to know like what is the worst possible outcome, and like I know you mentioned that it's kind of different for every person, but also what are like extreme cases, and like what can concussions do for like in a short term um, for your child, and also for and adults too, for for your, and long term as well. Like what are the symptoms? What can it do? To, what what how, like what? Why is there a you know concussion center, and like you mm-hmm. know what are the things that you, you treat your patients for after being concussed? So what I do
1: tell my families is that, you know, I also don't have a magic ball and everyone's going to feel better. But what we do know is most people feel better in a day or two. Okay. Another subset, most people then afterwards feel be- feel better, you know, within seven to 10 days. Mm-hmm. What we do know in pediatrics and in the adolescent population is sometimes they do tend to take longer, about four weeks or so. They can. Okay. Um, Personally and anecdotally, I find that those are more of my students during the school year who have a lot of schoolwork. So they don't have that time and that luxury to sit home and get better, right? right? Mm -hmm. But um, most of the time within a month, most people feel better. It's those um, that that subset, that small Mm -hmm. amount of patients who have persistent symptoms, whether it be most of the time headache, maybe dizziness, Balance Mm -hmm. problems, reading exacerbating all of these, which again goes back to school and having to do the schoolwork. Interesting. So at that point, I would say that's most of the time where they show up in my clinic, Mm -hmm. where there are persistent issues going on, and the pediatrician, you know, really is like, maybe it's time to now see a specialist for it, is then doing um, a fuller examination and seeing if there is an issue with the balance center of the brain or or with eye movements, and then sending them for the specialized therapy, or with memory and concentration also, then there's therapy for that as well.
2: Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I tend to see uh, patients from the day after their injury all the way up to being referred at a month out after they've sort of failed treatment with their pediatrician or primary care Mm -hmm. provider. So, you know, like Dr. Glicksman said, most patients are getting better relatively quickly. Probably about 15% of people with concussion will still be recovering at that four-week mark. Mm-hmm. The reason to be seen and to take concussion seriously, not only that it is a brain injury, but also while that brain is healing, it's more susceptible to another injury and not just a concussion but a more significant traumatic brain injury as well. So that's the reason that over the past couple decades we've been taking concussions more seriously. Okay. Um, Though we expect full recovery to take place each time you have a concussion, we know that the risk or how easy it is to get another concussion slowly starts increasing. Interesting. Um, and then at some point in time, and we don't know exactly how many concussions it will take. And there are probably many uh, individual and family risk factors. But at some point, that's when we worry that the brain's not going to be able to heal itself completely.
0: Okay. So, oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I
1: actually use an analogy that I feel more people are mm-hmm. able to understand is that a concussion is an invisible injury, Mm -hmm. right? And so like the teachers don't get it, my friends don't get it. And I say, well, you know, unfortunately, it's an invisible injury. It's not like you twisted your ankle playing soccer Mm -hmm. and you limped off the field and your trainer taped it up and put an ace bandage up and said, you're going to go sit down and ice it and elevate it. And maybe tomorrow we'll see how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. So then the next day you wake up and you try to walk on it and it still hurts. What are you going to do? You're going to stay off of it again. Yeah. And so that's how you also how we're testing out the brain from that standpoint. Mm -hmm. But sometimes if you have that persistent player who's going to keep going and or even like a gymnast, right? Going out and playing on it, eventually it's gonna be repeated injury on top of an unhealed injury.
0: Oh, and at some
1: point, you're gonna to have to stop doing what you're
0: doing because you have so many injuries at the one spot that it's not healing properly anymore. Got it, okay. So let's talk about sports a little bit because um, I know we talked about the, the younger kids and how they're getting injured. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see many patients from sports injuries or is it kind of like all over? the map in terms of how they're getting injured? Majority for me is sports. Is sports. Yeah, yeah.
2: I would say definitely a lot of sports injuries, um, but very mixed overall. And we have to sometimes in the the sports injury bubble, we also kind of include recess injuries, gym class
0: injuries. Is that where you're seeing multiple injuries, though, from sports or does it really just depend on the patient?
2: I would say it depends on the individual. Okay, um, that's interesting. Yeah, certainly there are some that have, you know, repeated injuries playing football or hockey, um, soccer, uh, but there are others that are athletes that experience a concussion because their brother hit them in the head with a um, right. thrown ball or
0: other mm-hmm. reasons as well. So are the patients that have had suffered multiple concussions? what type of symptoms will they have like long term if they're like not healing, right? If they're not taking the time to heal themselves? Well, one of the things to
1: kind of go back to what um, you were saying earlier is that we have to prevent further injury when you're not recover fully recovered. Mm-hmm. And what we do know is that with repeated injury, you may have longer period mm-hmm. of time with symptoms and/ or more symptoms um and so with repeated you know all those things can accumulate it may be a difference if you had a first head injury when you were two because you were jumping off the couch and then your next one is 11 because you were playing soccer and then another one when you were 18 playing football Mm -hmm. or maybe all or it may be even worse because you had three injuries within a year because you were playing football Mm -hmm. and so again taking all that into consideration what we would see more often i would say with our chronic patients Mm -hmm headache, concentration issues, memory issues, sometimes balance issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the memory and the cognitive part is probably the one that, that plays the biggest role.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I would okay. agree.
2: And then the only other thing next would be those headaches. Okay, mm-hmm. is it like a, a migraine one. type of headache mm-hmm. or? Okay. A lot of times, not always. Are people
0: who've been, had concussions more susceptible to having migraines in life? Like- so
2: typically,
1: one of the things that we do ask is if they have a history of headaches before mm-hmm. their concussions, uh-huh. um, and we may and we we could see that the people who do have a history of migraines or like
0: more frequent headaches the, prior,
1: they tend to have
0: like a worsening or exacerbation like s- of that. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So let's talk about um, preventative. Uh, when you talk to you know these adolescent kids and they're you know they just want to play their sports and they just want to get back on the team um what are some things that like you're telling your patients that they can do to make sure that that doesn't happen again so it does actually start
1: with the coaches okay mm-hmm. and you know they're all required with with having proper uh, concussion training mm-hmm. um as well at and and that's just preventative play, and so when they are in practice, learning the right way to play Mm -hmm. to prevent concussion, but also what signs to look out for above Mm -hmm. that. Then it's also educating the parents. So some some teams will have like parent sessions on concussions, because you know, who's watching the games and look at every looking everywhere? It's those parents. So what signs to look out for? If someone falls to the ground and they get up quickly and they shake their head, or they're holding their head, or they're stumbling, they need to speak out as well. Okay. And then educating the team and the teammates mm-hmm. of these are the signs as well. It's not cool to play with an injury. That's not you know, the, yeah. the saying anymore, to man up, right? exactly. Right. And it's okay to miss one game, then a whole season. So just step step out, get checked. If you're okay, good, they'll send you back in. If not, they'll have you sit on the bench and cheer your team mm-hmm. on and see how you're feeling the next day. Okay.
2: Yeah. The only so, other thing mm-hmm. to add to that is, especially with sports, but also including cycling, you know, riding mm-hmm. your bike, to make sure that you're using the proper protective equipment, that's certainly going to decrease
0: your risk of all types of injuries. Wear your helmet. Yes. (laughs) Wear your helmets, yeah. Is that a law? Is that a state law? We talked about this on another podcast and I never looked into it. When
1: I was in med school in Florida, it was, and they used to, like at the beginning, they, they would bring the kids home in the police car. They would. And then give the parents a ticket. Yeah. I don't
0: know if I have to look into yeah. it because my mom was dying the last time we just brought up. I think it was with Dr. Moses, actually. We were mm-hmm. talking about summer mm-hmm. safety. And I was saying how... I think my parents told us that it was against the law. So we would wear our helmets to, like, mm-hmm. scare us or whatever. But I was like, I wonder if it was actually a law. And she's, like, Crack enough. She's like, I don't even know if it is. But you, that is what we were doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah. whatever it takes, yeah. right? Just yeah. to <laughs> make sure that the kids are, um, are doing what they're supposed to. But uh, also going mm-hmm. along with... with um, you know,
1: what the parents are saying, but I always turn to my patients as well, and the teens, especially that they're rolling their eyes. Is, yep. It's about prevention. So, besides the helmets on anything with wheels, besides a car, you're wearing your seatbelt, mm-hmm. but cleaning up your room and making sure you're not, <laughs> you don't have any tripping hazards um, and just being smart. And, you know, a lot about pediatrics is anticipatory guidance and prevention and what mm-hmm. can we do to help prevent. And it's really teaching the kids smart ways to play, okay. and the right ways to play, and the right ways of practice. Mm-hmm. And that's been a big change, um, especially with the NFL, going all the way down into the um, you know the little peewee leagues mm-hmm. of the proper way to have them practice, yet learn the right moves as they grow go up in, in different um, leagues.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Um, when, so, uh, it can be a very scary experience. I'm sure as a parent, they're treated and diagnosed with a concussion. They're coming home, um, you know, no matter what the age of their child, um, what is like a general treatment plan, um, to like stick to and also to, um, you know, not not to worry so much. You said that, you know, most people are OK within a few days, if not mm-hmm. a few if with that with within the week. Um, but I know myself, I would be like all night long, like, oh, my gosh, is she OK? Um, so, you know, you said mentioned possibly uh, Tylenol, Advil, um, rest, um, no screens. That would be an issue in my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's an issue in every house. <laughs> um, and any, anything else to um to send out there to moms such So I think the important thing is as your child is
2: feeling better, you know, especially when they've been kind of laying around the house, not doing anything mm-hmm. for a day or two, it doesn't mean you want to send them full blast right back to a full day of school, full screen time, doing everything, doing gym class and sports. You want to kind of gradually ease back into things just as if, you know, your child broke their leg and they were in a cast all summer Mm -hmm. and football season is starting up. You're not going to have them go from the day they get the cast off to immediately going and tackling everybody on the field. You're going to gradually work your way up. And sometimes with physical therapy um, and occupational therapy, and sometimes we won't need that. So that gradual reintroduction and then just rehabilitating, getting back up to where they were. Before the injury happened.
0: Okay.
1: And one of the things we haven't mentioned is, you know. That return to sports but mm-hmm. one of the mottos is return to learn before return to play yes. <laughs> so if your kid is not tolerating going back to school yet it's not time to go and jump back into football practice okay mm-hmm. so again that's one of the other things that help
2: us monitor recovery as well
0: okay that's, yeah
2: that's... so we would say absolutely no contact <laughs> activities and in a lot of places that includes gym class mm-hmm. until that full recovery has taken place okay
0: you mentioned a depletion of electrolytes. Is um, Do you um, also recommend uh, hydration, too?
2: Hydration is always going to be
1: important, <laughs> yeah. for sure. And also, if someone's having a persistent headache, we oh. always talk about proper nutrition. Also, mm-hmm. are you eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner? A lot of teens do not eat their breakfast. No. And I say your brain needs your fuel in mm-hmm. order to get you through the school day as yeah, well. So right. I use that as a little incentive, like I know you wanna get back to sports.
0: Is it true so. that like some headaches are, depending yeah. on where it is, it depends on, like it can um, be indicative of like being dehydrated or like a real problem, is that like, a, they're true? I don't know, I read that somewhere. <laughs>
2: no, I mean, there's different <laughs> types of headaches, right. right? You have what everyone talks about, their like migraine-type headache. headaches, yeah. but attention mm-hmm. headache, that, that can occur anywhere. You know, if you just gotcha. think of yourself, you have some muscle tightness up in your neck and shoulder area, you can get a headache in the back of your head. It can come around to the front, it can wrap the whole way around. So the location of headaches doesn't necessarily give us a ton of information. Um, the, Treatment is going to be starting with hydration, um, certainly over-the-counter medications like Motrin or Tylenol when you need it, but you also wanna be careful about giving it to your child three times a day for two, three weeks because that can cause rebound headaches to occur. So it's always important to just be under the guidance of a physician or other healthcare provider who can help you figure out how to best, how to best treat, treat right. those symptoms. Okay.
0: So um, we talked a little bit about um, where to go, you know, obviously contact your physician initially to, mm-hmm. you know, find out if you need to take the next steps to so go to the ER or you know, to be seen in, in the office. Um, if you, there are parents out there right now that are struggling with, um, you know, maybe a treatment plan and/or just, you know, persistent um, symptoms. What resources are available to them through Hack and Sack that um, they can look into to um, hopefully help them out a bit more?
1: So um, I can speak up at, at Hack and Sack um, again, depending on what. Persistent issues may be, Mm -hmm. Um, we may have to treat the chronic headache component to get over that. Um, In terms of if there's persistent cognitive issues, like Difficulty memory or difficulty with concentration reading um, We may um, send you to a physical therapist or a cognitive therapist to help with those um, those issues there um, Some of my older patients we may actually have to send to a headache specialist okay. um, You know for some other outside-of-the-box um, recommendations and sometimes when you can't play and you can't go to school and you can't mm-hmm. do what you love to do, it's an, it can affect you mentally. Oh, and okay. so you yeah. can have some depression or anxiety, mm-hmm. anxiety because I don't want to go back and get hurt again. So um, we do have cognitive behavior therapists and counseling psychologists that we could refer to as well um, to, to help kind of get over that.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And then the only the other resources to talk about are, we mentioned how concussions affect your thinking, right, your ability to concentrate, remember things, function well in school. So um, we utilize some computerized neurocognitive testing or just testing of thinking Mm -hmm. uh, on a more objective test, kind of like a standardized test that we use for children who are 12 and over, um, for children who have some underlying learning difficulties, Um, attention issues, sometimes that's not the best test. Or if they're younger than 12, we also have a neuropsychology as a resource. So that's a specialist in our memory and our thinking who can help us kind of dive deeper into that memory and figure out what we can do to help them be more successful in school and help us determine when that thinking part is fully recovered.
1: And one thing also that, um, you know, knowing who our audience is here today is every school district is different mm-hmm. and we can make all the recommendations in the world. But sometimes the school districts and even if they're in a private versus public school setting, mm-hmm. there's different laws and requirements that they have to or have but they don't have. If they, either they have to or they don't have to mm-hmm. listen to our accommodation recommendations Got it. and so so sometimes um, we have to reach out to our school advocates to try to help those parents as well so if anyone's really having a hard time with the school not getting the accommodations in order to help their child best succeed mm-hmm. then again they should definitely
0: reach out for oh. some guidance oh that's mm-hmm. very helpful mm-hmm. i love that um, well, thank you so much today we broke down all kinds of information about concussions. I learned a ton and I'm sure lots of moms listening will too. Um, I'm sure it's a very scary experience and no one wants to go through that but um, you know knowing what to do I think is you know really really, Uh, Intercal into, you know, having the best outcome for for your child and even for yourself, right? Like I said, I smashed my head on the cabinet the other day, and now I know what to do. (laughs) Um, But thank you again. Um, I will link the um, website for um, Hackensack, the concussion center. So if anyone needs more information, it'll be linked here under the podcast. And um, hopefully they can get the treatment that they need. So thanks again. Thanks for having
2: us. Thank you um,
0: so much. Right now, and we are still in the thick of the summer, so make sure to check out the Mammoth Mom's Outdoor Dining Guide. We've mm. listed and updated all of the um, hottest spots to go uh, dine with and without the kids this summer. <laughs> that was going to um, my question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's uh, date night spots if you want to hang out with your girlfriends or... Um, Uh, Bring the kids. We have um, a whole updated list on there. And then we also have our guide to beaches and pools, which is a cool one. We do that every year and it updates. It's updated with all of the um, seasonal passes and daily passes. So if you wanted to do like we always do a bucket list every summer and we get to like we get to like half of it. But um, of, uh, you know, new beaches that you want to check Mm -hmm. out or um, splash pads. We have all the beach clubs on there. Most of them are waitlisted, but they're on there. Um, And you um, can also check out the um, and all the pool clubs, right? Right, mm-hmm. That you want to join. So um, check that out for sure. We have our summer fun guide right now. Um, uh, Eastmont Orchards, you can go peach picking, which a lot of people oh, don't know cool. um, in the summer. So that this is actually the season Great for peaches. it right now. <laughs> um, and um, there's a lot of cool stuff in there, indoor and outdoor, because the summer has been so crazy. So we have um, <laughs> we have some rainy day activities in there as well. Um, so check all of that out. And we also have um, free and fun activities too. So um, as everything is getting so pricey and you just don't want to spend $400 going to the water park every other day. Um, you can also check out that guide and we have all kinds of park programs and there through the Montmichael Park system and um, free activities to do with your kids that won't break the bank. Mm -hmm. So with that, enjoy your summer and we'll see you guys soon. Thank you.